You're listening to Inside the Village, where all news is local and no topic is off limits. So help me, Bob, it's Bully in the Alley. This is Inside the Village for the week of April 5th, 2023. I'm Scott Sexsmith, alongside Michael Friscalati, Editor-in-Chief here at Village Media. Thumbs up. I like that. It's like a Don Cherry. I know. Uh, like, we're on air. Let's go. Uh, Segway, uh, speaking of Don Cherry, a couple of weeks' time, Ron McClain on the show. Oh, great. That's exciting. To talk uh, NHL playoffs. Bit of a sports theme today. We're going to talk baseball uh, with Matt Betts, who is the uh, host of the uh, Canadian Baseball uh, Network podcast as the uh, Jays get set for their home opener uh, next week. How you been? Good to see you. Go Jays, go. Go Jays. <laughs> that pains you to say that. <laughs> it does. I, that was totally ironic, the way I said that. Yeah. And sarcastic. And completely fake. Yeah, I totally mean, fake. I can yeah. see through the BS. Yeah. yeah. Derek can see through I it. I see that, that at, at, at press time, as they say, as, re, as we record this, they're two and three. And Blue Jays Nation's going crazy. What's going on over here? <laughs> so. it, it's a crisis. Uh, I wouldn't plan the parade just yet. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll pick Matt's uh, brain and and see how he feels about uh, the All team. Right. Uh, awesome. As they say, this just might be the year. Yeah, clean slate. <laughs> clean slate for everybody. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get right to it. The uh, first word to Frisco. Uh, Bang up job by the uh, crack staff at the Trillium, uh, breaking the uh, Mike Mantha story earlier this week. Yeah, just another example of the great stuff we're doing uh, every day here at Village. Um, Mike Mantha is an MPP in Northern Ontario, and uh, our team at the Trillium, Charlie Pinkerton in part, in Charlie Pinkerton in particular, uh, easy for you to yeah, say. Just noticed that uh, Mike Michael Mantha hadn't been in the, uh, on Queen's Park for a few months and started asking some questions. Turns out, as they first reported, he was on a personal leave of absence. And then they reported the next day that he had actually um, had left, been removed from the NDP caucus um, and so sitting at an, as an independent pending an investigation into alleged workplace mis- misconduct. Um, so definitely they broke those two stories and it's a story that now the, the rest of the media is following. So just some great digging there. And now just within the last few minutes, our team in Elliott Lake uh, has had an interview with, with uh, Mr. Mantha and has posted a story with, with some comments from him. So that now they're advancing the story even more. So Village has kind of led the way on that story. It's been great work. Tragic death uh, involving a uh, woman in an ambulance in the uh, Wawa area. Yeah, this is a sad story and a strange and unique story as well. Um, Last year, uh, a lady named Connie Halverson, she was in the back of an ambulance uh, being transported and the ambulance hit a snowplow. So there was a major accident and she tragically was killed in the Mm -hmm. back of the ambulance. Uh, Her family has since, as we reported this week, Sue Today, Ken Armstrong reported that the family's launched a $1 million lawsuit in Sault Ste. Marie uh, claiming damages against uh, the ambulance driver and the organization that operates the paramedic services there. Uh, Just a sad story. And, you know, just to to have to go through something like that and have that that happen and now seeing you get to court in this way, the driver's also facing charges under the Highway Traffic Act. Mm -hmm. So there's lots more to tell on this story, but definitely a tragic one. It certainly is. All right, let's uh, shift gears to uh, a bit of a feel-good story. Uh, Jet Greaves from Cambridge, goalie for the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, making his NHL debut uh, just last night, in fact, uh, at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. Yeah, I love these stories too, and I, and I love what we did. So we have obviously have a site in Cambridge, Cambridge Today, and a site in Barrie, Barrie Today. And this young goaltender had connections to both. He was born and raised in Cambridge, played his minor hockey there, and then played for the Barrie Colts. Um, in Barry and his, uh, in the OHL, his OHL career. And both sites quickly put together a quick story after this came out on Twitter that he was uh, going to make his debut. Both treated a different way, focused on different angles, but it was just a great example. And this is kind of what we do every day, right? We, we dig deep in stories, but we also say, hey, there's this person from the community that's doing something great. We get that story up there, got a ton of attention on both sites. And, uh, 
I just love those kind of stories, right? I mean, yeah. there's always something sentimental about a young kid who's making his major league debut. I never get sick of watching that. If I'm watching no. sports, I never get sick of a, a 22-year-old goalie. And Like, we're up in the Sioux, so if it's some kid from up here who's making his debut, it's a great thing. And he's doing it in in what you would call his hometown, right? His hometown team. Yeah, imagine, uh, yeah. Imagine, like, you, you grew up in Cambridge, and then you, you played junior hockey in Barrie, so you're kind of Toronto's in between. Absolutely. And then there you are at the, what's it called? Scotiabank Arena. Arena. Yeah. Making your debut at 22 years old. Just so like, imagine that kid, you know, growing up as a kid, playing road hockey with his buddies, yeah. as a goalie, as, as we all did with your favorite team's jersey on, his likely yeah. the Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah. uh, and, and fast forward some, you know, however many years later, and here he is starting for And Columbus. it's amazing. And our readers in Barrie and our readers in, in Cambridge all knew that was happening because they saw it on our sites. Very cool. Uh, and great stories being written by even greater people and some in the network celebrating big anniversaries. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's do a shout out. Uh, we've had some. So we, we really try to acknowledge the anniversary we celebrate here. Dave Dawson, our great editor at Aurelia Matters, and Nathan Taylor, our, one of our senior deskers uh, in Simcoe County, uh, both celebrating five-year anniversaries with Village. So congratulations to them. They're super amazing guys and fantastic uh, journalists. And then the, you know, the great David Helwig from Suit Today, right? <laughs> I joked at our news meeting today that he's celebrating his 75th anniversary with Village. <laughs> of course, it's, he celebrated his 20th. But David's a legend around here, a legend in the business. Uh, still doing amazing work, working hard every day. I don't think there's anybody better in local journalism who knows how to sift through hundreds of pages of city council agenda documents in advance of a meeting and pull out those five or six important stories. Yeah. I mean, he could just, he could teach a course on that, which I'm sure he has. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, a great thing about Dave, it's one that you, you know, you walk in first thing in the morning at eight o'clock and he's here and it's like, oh, Dave, did you just get in? No, yeah. no, I've been here all night. Yeah, you never know, David. That's you never the beauty. Know. And sometimes he's the master also of his stories showing up at 945 at night and, and right before the news desk goes home for the night and they'll post it up for him. But it's always a great scoop and he's, he's always leading the way on that. And he's one of those, you know, in our trade, there's always those journalists who you just leave alone because they know exactly what they're doing. They Absolutely. know what they have to chase after and they bring the goods. And so you're not... You're not clocking their card. You're not checking on what, when they're punching in for work because you know they're doing their thing. And, uh, you know, David was really humble when we gave him a little gift to celebrate his anniversary. And also just, you know, it was just, he, he said something about how, you know, we have to constantly evolve to get better as a, com- as a company. We can't just keep doing things the same way. And the stereotype would be you'd think a veteran journalist like that would be stuck in his ways. We had to do things the right. same ways. But this guy is always innovating, always trying to do things different. And I give him a lot of credit for that. That's not easy to do. Yep, absolutely. So happy anniversary uh, to Nathan and uh, to the two Daves. Okay, baseball season is upon us. Uh, we're a few games into the uh, 2023 season, and uh, we're going to talk uh, the boys of summer with uh, Matt Betts. Can't wait. All right, we'll do that when Inside the Village returns right after this. Are you over 55 and considering a reverse mortgage? Receive the free guide that shows you how reverse mortgages really work. Reverse Mortgage Pros, providing trustworthy advice to help you make the right decision. To learn more, visit reversemortgagetruth.ca. Welcome back to Inside the Village with Michael Friscoletti, Editor-in-Chief here at Village Media. I'm Scott Suchsmith. Inside the Village brought to you by Mitch Snedden at Reverse Mortgage Pros. For details, information, articles, and guides, you can uh, log on to reversemortgagetruth.ca. It's baseball season. Best time. You know what? It's a great time of year to be a sports fan. It is awesome. Right? You've got got the Raptors uh, playing into the playoffs, Mm -hmm. if they make it. Mm -hmm. Uh, NHL playoffs just around the corner. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, of course, the boys of summer 
uh, are back. And of course, March Madness kind of kicks it all off. You know it's coming when the madness begins, and then it's like, all right, right into spring training. Yep. And uh, my favorite thing is when you know the, the the first day of spring training, the, the news organizations always show the guys walking with their cleats on the field as they're coming out of the the, the, yeah. the clubhouse for the first practice. Yeah. Pitchers and catchers report. And yeah. You know the spring's coming when that's on. It's awesome, man. All right, let's uh, talk some baseball with uh, a man who knows it uh, certainly better than me. Probably not uh, no as good better. as you, but it, it, no. it, it's close. Matt Betts, uh, Cambridge Today reporter, but also heads up the uh, Canadian Baseball Network uh, podcast. Matt, uh, good of you to join us to talk some ball today. Yeah, I mean, anytime I can talk baseball in the middle of a work day, I'm going to take it. So I appreciate that. <laughs> that's, my, that's my attitude as well, for sure. Okay, so we, sh- we should say right out of the gate that you've got a Jays fan here and a Tigers fan across the table from me. Uh, where, where, where does your uh, allegiance lie, Matt? Uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, Toronto. Since I was born, I was born the year they won their first World Series. So I guess you could say I was born into it. All right. Der- Derek, any, any team? Uh, Blue Jays. Blue Jays. All right. So, I'm out, I'm out three to one. You're yeah. I just thought I realized how much older we are too. Matt's a young guy. You're, you and I are pretty old. He's born the year they won the World. Which World Series? The first one. Ninety two. Yeah. Yeah. So you watched Joe Carter when you were one. Uh yeah. I remember it fondly. <laughs> uh, so ninety two would have been the, uh, the Braves. Uh, Braves, right? Yeah, Timlin yeah. to uh, yeah. who was it? Was Carter on first? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Good. And then Carter, and then Carter hits the uh, good memory. The home run. Well, and Jays fans have been living in that dream for 30 years, right? That they keep talking about Joe Carter's home run and all this stuff, right? They're begging for that <laughs> for well, to, to turn turn a page and kind of a new chapter. When did the Tigers last win? Uh, 1984. So right. it's been yeah. it's been even longer. Okay. But we, right. you know, I always say I always say you you know fans can claim championships for their team if they were alive. I don't like when people do it. You know, oh, we won in the 70s. Yeah. 70s. Okay. Exactly. I, I was alive for both. So I'm um, two World Series championships in my life. There you go. There you go. So is this the year they could have another one? How good are they looking? Yeah, I think so. You know, if you go on, you know, social media, you might think otherwise five games in. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's. A, I think it's a more complete lineup this year. Um, they obviously went a little bit different direction. No Gurriel, no Hernandez, um, bringing guys like Varsho. Um, so it's Derek Kiermaier. So they've yeah. kind of focused on run prevention, um, especially in the outfield. Moving Springer to right certainly helps and will help hopefully keep him healthy. No kidding. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good team. But the American League East is always a always a struggle. <laughs> and, and we're only five five games or so uh, in here, Matt. But uh, Varsho's looking like a pretty good uh, pickup. Yeah. I mean, home run last night to the opposite field. I think I saw that it was his first home run to the opposite field. Um Obviously, a, a fairly young player still, but uh, can play defense throughout a runner last night. So it's going to be uh, interesting to watch how he uh, he integrates into the lineup. And and pitching always seems to be uh, you know an issue with the Jays. Certainly, starting pitching. How, how's it looking this year? Yeah, I, I, at the top it looks really good. I think Gosman and Manoa are obviously going to kind of lead the way. Um, then you get down to Bassett. Obviously, tough start uh, in St. Louis there, but. Uh, Another good arm, solid number three guy. I don't know what's going on with Barrios. I still believe in him. I think he's still the guy that they traded for. Um, hopefully, they can get that sorted out. And then Kikuchi last night looked uh, really good. So, coming off a bad year, and if he can uh, bounce back, that's going to do wonders for the rotation. I wouldn't be surprised if they look to add um, near the deadline, depending on how Barrios and Kikuchi play out. But uh, it's it's worth keeping an eye on for sure. Yeah, and, and Kikuchi, I mean, whew. You know, last year, not a great year, but uh, you're right. Last night he looked fantastic. Not the Kikuchi that we're used to seeing. Yeah, and you could tell. I mean, his last out, I think he struck out. I can't remember who it was, but 
jumped off the mound with a fist bump and you could tell he was excited and and that meant a lot to him getting off to a good start can do wonders for the confidence so you could tell a little i pay attention to the blue jays before we got on i just i just asked you why they're not opening at home they're like they have a dome stadium there the first 28 games or something on the road <laughs> why aren't they at home yet uh, the Rogers Center renovations, they're doing a lot of things that outfield kind of district, I guess you can call it. There's a new rooftop patio, it looks like. Um, so a lot of different ways for fans to, uh, you know, get into the game and have a good time. It's probably needed. I mean, you look at Rogers Center, it's not one of the highly rated mm-hmm. uh, ballparks in the big leagues. Um, but they're doing their best. And I don't know, you know, if there's any ever any plans for a new stadium, but they're doing the best to make the one that they have, you know, appealing to fans. Yeah, it's kind of part of that push, too, that we've heard a lot about how trying to make the game better for fans. I think guys like you and I who just are obsessed with this game and love baseball, I was fine with it the way it was. But I keep hearing commercials every time I listen to the games on the radio about new rule, bigger bases, pitch clock, all these things. And, you know, rooftop patios, trying to make the game more appealing to, quote, unquote, younger folks. What do you think of some of these rule changes, Matt? I'm a little bit of a mix between new school and old school. I, the pitch clock, I think there's some adjustments that could be made to it. I think it's a good thing, though. I mean, you look at, you know, do you want to watch a game between maybe the Tigers and the Jays, but the Jays and Kansas City in the middle of June that's yeah. four and a half hours long or four hours long? Yeah. Probably not. I'd like to see them get rid of it in the ninth inning, you know, maybe extra innings, um, playoffs, get rid of it. I could watch a playoff baseball game for six hours. 100%. And I think it's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's a good thing. Bigger bases, you saw, you see early on stolen bases are up. You eliminate the shift. You know, I believe base hits are also up. Small sample size, but you saw in the minor leagues last year that, uh, you know, these things kind of trended out over the course of the year. So mm-hmm. I think it's making the game more interesting, like you said, for the casual fans, you know, mm-hmm. hardcore ones like us, we're going to watch regardless. But, um, I'm not opposed to the new most of the new rules, despite what you know some of the some people think. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I could watch them take you know 30 seconds to throw a pitch, but you're right. Most people don't want to wait that long. And I was torn about the pitch clock too. And I've watched a couple games, and it has picked up the pace. And a lot of that stuff where the pit, the batters are leaving the batter's box, you know, fixing their gloves and all this stuff every time every pitch, it was getting to be a bit bit much. So I can see that that will help bring the pace of the game up a bit more. I think that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, and I just don't – yeah, you just cut out some of that dead time, which is exactly what they wanted. I think I saw Sandy Alcantara through a complete game in an hour and 57 minutes or something yesterday. Yeah. Um, so that's maybe a little too quick for my liking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that two-hour, 45-minute time, I think that's about right. You watch a hockey game, it's two hours, two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of brings in line with other sports, especially during such a long regular season. Like I said, in the playoffs, I'll sit there all night and watch uh, – We'll all sit there all night in the regular season too, so maybe I'm not a good example. But <laughs> is that, baseball, yeah, is that accurate run. though? Have they not made it clear that this is not is that pitch clock still going to be around in the playoffs? Is that for sure? I believe so. Yeah, because I, I think now, that's a terrible idea. I don't like that idea either. Now you're quite now you're bringing it into question. You have to look that up, but yeah. I'm pretty sure it's going to be. Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah, to no, be honest, okay. I don't think anyone needs the game sped up in October. I mean, that's the most beautiful thing in the world is playoff baseball. I don't, and I don't. I mean, I know everyone's like, well, the Yankees and Red Sox play five, six hour games when they're in the playoffs, but uh, there's nothing like watching that. I love that. Yeah, and just speaking of the Red Sox and Yankees, I I love the new schedule. Um, a little bit more balanced. You play every team um, every year. You alternate home and home and road as far as the National League and American League, um, but. Yeah, watching the, facing the Yankees and Red Sox 19 times a year, the Rays 19 times a year, that's just a gauntlet to run for the Jays. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I'm happy to see. And I like watching you know, the National League team, so it, it mixes it up and makes it uh, something new. 
Matt, we're only uh, five games in, but uh, who do you uh, who do you like in the East? And and if you had a crystal ball, what does uh, what does uh, late August September look like in your mind? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I would say I like the Yankees still. Some pitching, they're running into some injury issues, but I think in the long run, over the six months, they're they're going to be pretty good. The Jays will be right there. The Rays are the Rays. They seem to just pump out pitching that gets the job done. Boston, I think, is going to be a little bit better than what people think. Uh, there's some talent on that roster, and Baltimore still building on the, a lot of top prospects, so they're a fun team to watch. But So a long answer, uh, to shorten my answer, I'd say the Jays in the East. I know uh, you might not agree with that, uh, Frisco, but uh, I'll take the Jays in the East. Jays and Yankees atop the East. I like that. Uh, Matt, let's uh, talk about uh, Bo Bichette for a sec. Uh, coming off a strong year, signed a big fat deal. Uh, do you see that uh, progressing into this season in, in terms of his play? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, they, they kind of eliminated his arb years, arbitration years and kind of bought him out through that period. So he's kind of the the kind of character that they want for this team. You know, they kind of got they got rid of the home run jacket. They got rid of some of the, yeah. I don't want to call it fun in the dugout, but Bo Bichette's a lot more serious of a player. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see him. He could be one of the the better hitters in the league, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know what's interesting? Back when I was a magazine writer, I had the fortune of doing a big profile on Alex Anthopoulos when he was the GM, and I spent a few days with him down in Dunedin. And you know, the one thing that resonated with what he talked about was how if they could go back in time, they would have called the Toronto Blue Jays the Canada Blue Jays or something like that. Because mm-hmm. it's almost like the only comparison are the Raptors when they went to the finals and won the finals, and the whole country was just you know, overwhelmed, like just it's so involved in what was going on with the Raptors. That would not happen with, like, say, the Toronto Maple Leafs. You, if no. they won the cup, the whole country wouldn't be thrilled to do it. No. You know, can you talk about that, Matt? It's amazing, like, how many people in Saskatchewan and British Columbia are just tuned into Sportsnet every night watching the Blue Jays? Yeah, it's it, the Raptors is a great example. I think when you talk about the Blue Jays, you even hear the players talk about it. Um, you know, they'll be in, interviewed in various places, talking about playing in Toronto. You know, it can be tough sometimes because of the way the money works. But once they get here, they they usually fall in love with the place. Um, you watch them play in Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. You see all the people from BC go down. Minneapolis, when they play Minnesota, same thing. So it really is Canada's team is is kind of corny as that can be, but. Um, yeah, the, the fan support goes right coast to coast, and it's, and it's special to play here for a lot of these guys, I think. And, and a different kind of pressure, right? Because you're not just representing a city. You're representing an entire country. And I don't know if there's any other professional sport uh, franchise that, that has that in any league, in I any sport. I can't think of one. No. Yeah, you want to talk? Yeah, pressure for sure. You know, you can get criticized from somebody, Victoria, British Columbia, or Sydney, <laughs> Nova Scotia. So I guess there's a lot more. You know, there's, what, 39 million people that are – you know, questioning your every move. So, yeah, it can be interesting, but I think I, it seems like a lot of guys love it. So um, you just kind of take it and run with it. If they ever have, if they ever get a chance, you know, to play in the World Series again, which I hope they do soon, uh, <laughs> it's going to be exciting. Frisco, I see you laughing. No, no, look, look, I, I'm going to be It honest. has been since 93. I'm going to be honest. I am, not, I am not a Blue Jays fan. Not in the least, not one ounce of me. I'm a diehard Detroit Tigers fan since I was eight years old. I'll tell you the quick version of the story. My dad went to Detroit when I was eight for a conference, came home with two Tigers pendants and a poster with Alan Trammell and Lou Whitaker and Kirk Gibson and those guys. I loved baseball when I was a kid, and that became my team at that moment, and yeah. that's it. It's been in my heart and soul forever. And uh, so whether if the Blue Jays don't do well, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. And on, on <laughs> in that vein is that I often, because I grew up in Hamilton and I'd listen to the Toronto call-in shows, I always kind of got a kick out of Toronto baseball fans because they would call these shows with the most ludicrous questions as if they don't even, they're from a different planet. They don't know what they're talking about. In your role with your podcast, Matt, do you get some interesting feedback from Blue Jays fans? 
Yeah, so I'm always on Twitter and following all the way from grassroots baseball all the way up to to the big leagues. So you would think the sky is falling when they start one and three. Um, I I just beg that people calm down. 162 games is a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's pretty. Uh, I love the passion, but sometimes it's like, oh, that's a head scratcher of a comment for sure. <laughs> Do you engage them all? Sometimes, yeah, I try to. Some of the completely out of left field ones are I just leave alone. Part of the fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just you could be up all night and you're loose sleep. But um, yeah, the positive ones and, and even the constructive ones, yeah, I'll, I'll try and engage with them. I remember growing up in Toronto as a kid, uh, you know, 9, 10, 11 years old, and you could go to uh, the Dominion grocery store. Matt, you're probably too young to remember this, but you could buy a Blue Jays ticket at Dominion for $2 and that would get you uh, entry into uh, exhibition stadium yeah. and a grandstand seat, two bucks. Old exhibition stadium. That was a place oh, to watch a ball game there. Great place. That was something. But even the, even the old, the, the Sky Dome, as they once called it, I remember being a kid and going in there when they were winning like in the, ni- in the early nineties, they would have 55,000 people in there and it was deafening yeah. when they would get a base hit and score a run. Yeah. It was wild. And, you know, I know we've seen that's returned like in the Batista era when they were going to the playoffs in 2015. That, that had come back, right? That that passion for the Jays had been there. And I do think, you know, as much as I'm not a fan of the Blue Jays, I think that's clearly the, they're going to be the buzz. If that if, they, if they're competitive this year, as everyone expects them to be, it will be the focus of the summer for Canadian sports fans for sure. No question. No question. And you, you talk about uh, uh, when it was Skydome and, of course, Ted Rogers, who uh, saved the team because being the big uh, patriot that he was, didn't want to see it leave Canada. Do you recall what he paid for the Skydome? I vaguely remember it was like $25 million bucks. $25 million bucks for that. Can you imagine the, the price of that real estate <laughs> that's, today? That's crazy, right? Greatest real estate deal ever. Yeah, that is just wild. Yeah. <laughs> that's wild. I uh, I would think that Rogers got a pretty good return. There's now uh, a statue of Ted there when you go down to the ballpark. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Crazy. Deservedly so. All right, uh, Matt, uh, for those uh, who don't know, name of your podcast again and uh, where people can download or subscribe. Yeah, so it's the Canadian Baseball Network podcast, which is also a website, a subscription website. You can find the podcast on YouTube or anywhere that you find your podcast, Apple, Spotify, all those good uh, platforms. All right, beautiful. Cambridge Today reporter extraordinaire and host of the Canadian Baseball Network podcast, Matt Betts. Matt, uh, have a great season. Go Jays, go, and thanks for doing this today. Thanks so much. Reporters, editors, and journalists who go the extra mile to get the story and get it right. Go behind the scenes with those who cover the stories that matter most to you and your community. Look for it in the Village Features section of your favourite Village Media website across Ontario. Back to wrap on Inside the Village, brought to you by Mitch Snedden, Reverse Mortgage Pros. For uh, articles, information, guides, uh, anything that you need to know about reverse mortgages, uh, log on to reversemortgagetruth.ca. Reach out to Mitch, and uh, he will uh, hook you up. All right. It's exciting. Baseball. Can't wait. I've been enjoying it. You know, we were five games in. I I admit I've I've always got my app on, and I'm watching the games on my phone as I'm doing other things. You know, the Tigers, to be fair, are not picked to do very well this year, probably close to last but, you know, they're playing the Astros this week. They've won two in a row, and you're just you're thinking that, hey, maybe, maybe they'll prove everybody wrong. It's the best game in the world. 
You know what? It really, and I can't get over how long the season is. I mean, you look at hockey that's, what, 80, 82 games. Mm-hmm. These guys are playing 162 games plus playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's like every day they're playing. Every day. They're lucky to have a, a couple of days off a month, right? And, and, but that's the beautiful thing about baseball. Like Jimmy Leland, the old Tigers manager, used yep. to say, like, you got to, you can't chew yesterday's breakfast. If you get shut out or you, you, you blow a save, the night before, you go to bed and you come right back the next day to the ballpark and you just win that game. You don't have to stew about it for a week till the next game, right? You can't chew yesterday's breakfast. You can't. I try to tell my kids that. They don't always listen. It's like us. If we have a bad show, forget yeah. about it. We're back next week. Yeah, what do you mean if we have a bad show? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we we will be, uh, the good Lord willing, uh, back next week. <laughs> ITV at villagemedia.ca. If you want to reach out to Derek Frisco uh, or myself, you can catch all uh, episodes wherever you get your favorite podcasts across the Village Media Network or at uh, insidethevillage.ca. For Derek Turner, executive producer of the show, Michael Friscalanti, editor-in-chief here at Village Media, I'm Scott Suchsmith. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Inside the Village. Frisco and Scott's wardrobe, provided in part by Moore's Sault Ste. Marie.